This is chair, place where we discuss innovations. Today we are going to talk about industries that, has, that are heavy traditional, such as, such as uh, insurance industry. Uh, my guest today is Mladen Subašić. Mladen is currently head of product and innovation in OIP Robotics, a business technology company serving the insurance area. So, uh, Mladen started pretty interestingly, right? He graduated as a major of political sciences and started his career as behavior researcher and published studies on topics on, uh, such as mass behavior, right? So he came a long way in working in the domain that he works today. So Mladen, pleasure to have you here and I'm very excited about this conversation today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so uh, before we start with our main subject today, I want to uh, ask you about your career path since it sounds like a bit like uh, some movie story plot for a Hollywood blockbuster. Uh, it, it's much more boring than that, I can tell you that. So um, actually, uh, the Faculty of Political Sciences, uh, a lot of guys are uh, moving to the IT industry straight after college. And uh, a lot of the companies, the largest companies that we have here in Serbia are actually hiring people from our faculty. And it's interesting why. So um, a lot of topics that we cover during our education are uh, on methodology, scientific methods, user research, uh, behaviorism, uh, group behavior, uh, and that's heavily uh, uh, the tech industry can use that, and it's a part of my role today as well. Uh, also, we are working a lot of with data, um, large data sets in order to conduct the research, to understand something, finding patterns and those kind of things. So I think uh, it's not an unusual path. Uh, from there, I went to business, actually to brand management. Um, that was kind of a transition. It was a tra traditional company. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't some kind of a modern tech company. But I learned core business there, and that was really important for me, like markets development, research, um, uh, cycles, uh, talking to customers, large systems, and those kind of things. And from there, in OIP, the first tech role that I got was in business analysis. So I, we created software and mapped it, actually mapped the business requirements to the software. And that was kind of a natural transition over time. Uh, I'm lazy by nature, but lazy in a sense <laughs> that uh, I, I don't like redundancy, so I always try to find a shortcut. That what, that's what led me to technology, even during the college studies, and then the later when I started researching the mass behavior and publishing my works, it was much easier for me to use some of the you know, more advanced tech solutions, languages to get to the data, work on the large data sets such as you know, SQL, Python, those kind of things. And when I came to IP, actually, um, OIP was um, knowledge process outsourcing company. And I'll tell that story a bit later, but um, the whole idea was naturally over the years, and we have been around for eight years now, um, there was a need to transform and to offer more uh, of a digital service to our clients. And I was the employee number one in that department. So my job was to find the opportunities where to digitalize and how to help our clients digitalize. And uh, firstly, we built some internal automation projects in our own system, which is a large system in-house that deals with all our operations and processes. And after that, we moved to clients. So it was a kind of a natural progression over time. And once we started working with clients, we started you know, skyrocketing and we're here now. 
we are going to go back on the industry itself now. And uh, when we talked earlier about our conversation in, in chair, uh, um, you told me that even though insurance is uh, extremely uh, resilient innovations, it started as innovation at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. insurance as we know it. So. Yeah. Um, we work uh, a lot with the Lloyds market. Those are the guys, they're the biggest guys uh, in the industry. And uh, uh, over some of the conversations we had over there, I actually got an opportunity to ask people, what is Lloyds? Because it's a really interesting company. So um, they started explaining how actually insurance originated over there. And it was a coffee shop in the beginning. So when the coffee started getting into England, uh, a guy whose surname is Lloyds, that was the coffee shop. And uh, over time, some of the smart guys over there were thinking about a lot of ships started moving across the ocean. So they started betting, actually. It's, it's not a betting, but it's a limited uh, betting system where, where the captains, were, they were chasing them around, around the tents, okay. yeah, getting them to the coffee shop and telling, hey, you know, do you want to split the risk, right? I'll pay for your loss if you can come back. Uh, if you don't come back, but I'll, you will actually get, get the parts of the profit once you sell everything. So it actually started like that. So it's kind of business model innovation in its origins like 15th century. So, uh, the industry itself is traditional, but the way that they are thinking is highly adaptive, uh, especially as of recently. So. Yeah, I, I want to I wanna talk about what is going on now, because we can see last uh, uh, 20 years or so that your insurance tech is going from low to high tech. Uh, uh, what happened? Uh, everything. Uh, so uh, insurance is, is a really fun industry. It sounds boring when you tell people. Like I work in insurance in, in the US, yeah, it's like almost like a Accounting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, But actually the adjacent industries that are working around insurance and the insurance is supporting all those industries, those are like all the industries in the world. You have insurance for everything. Mandatory insurance. You, whenever you're moving in the West world, you're actually moving through some kind of insurance, right? Trip you're in a trip and fall. House, where you live, oh, that's covered by property insurance. You lose your business due, due to COVID, you're covered by, by business income. So those kind of things are, that's why insurance uh, had a lot of potential, but it, it is a very traditional industry. The way that they are generating their, their money is different. So over time, they kept it kind of, you know, closed up. Closed up. But when the clients started changing, the industry started changing as well. The first one, it's always that first one who disrupts. So Lemonade was one of the first ones that kind of changed the game. So if somebody tells you, hey, you have an insurance loss and I'll settle it in three minutes and everybody else needs a month, so it kind of changes the game. Technology is also matured over time. There is that generation transition, right? When the guys who are actually handling the digital portions of organizations insurance were kind of younger guys who knew the technologies. So now the adoption is much faster. And once it started, it got crazy because uh, Insurance is old and it has a lot of money in it. So naturally, whoever had a piece of tech with them was like, okay, I can do this for insurance, right? So in some of the conventions we are visiting, there were actually guys with the backpacks, you know, chasing people around. Hey, can you see my tech? Can this be done in insurance? They didn't even know whether they, it can be implemented. They're just like, okay, listen, I know you, you need data, guys. I have a great data product. We were pitched by guys who actually have a replica of Google Drive. They're like pitching the same features as Google Drive. And you're like, that's Google. No, no, this is different. You, know? <laughs> you can use it in insurance. But on the other end, 
the biggest corporations in the world are actually working with insurance now. Uh, the most innovative products out there are connecting themselves with insurance. Like uh, BMW is releasing um, insurance by built in into the cars. Visa is actually now whenever you make a purchase somewhere in Singapore, you would actually buying you have an option to immediately buy insurance for a product and those kind of things. So. Geospatial uh, data, uh, big data, artificial intelligence, Internet of Things, all of those are not trying to find their use cases in the insurance industry. So now it's a vibrant insurance community around the world. And our company started early enough. So we were fortunate enough to actually earn the trust of our clients uh, early in the game. Uh, uh, your job is basically to innovate. And um, what are your biggest challenges right now? Yeah, as you said, the traditional industries are a bit more, it's, it's different than other industries when it comes to innovation, right? Um, let's say you have an idea, right? You talk to a couple of your friends, you test it, and then you go through the entire design thinking, lean process, and it all makes sense. However, in enterprise, you have to hit so many checkboxes in order to get in a position to even place the product somewhere or offer it or somebody to see it. What's challenging is, uh, you know, fail early, let's say you cannot fail early. If you come to a company and say, hey guys, we're now going to try this and fail early, they're going to say, why would you fail? I don't want you to fail. I just want you to succeed. <laughs> no, not with my money, right? <laughs> yeah, not with my money. So th that, that's one of the challenges. The other challenge is you really need to be intimate with your customers. You really need to understand their needs, but not just what they're saying, but you need to understand the strategic movements. You need to understand how is market behaving, uh, the problems they have. Uh, we are investing a lot of effort to talk to our clients. Our success teams are with them, talking to them uh, about you know, potential problems, challenges. Even on the outsourcing side of the business, we are always trying to talk to them, find a better way to, to, to do something differently. So um, the biggest challenge there is actually to move and to place the innovative products along the lines where your clients are moving because you're not actually innovating. Like you always think when you're saying innovation, oh, I'm going to change it, I'm going to disrupt it. Yeah. No. You actually need to make your clients better and measurably better at what they do and early. So that's the biggest results. challenge. Yeah, that's and they're always thinking in bottom line terms. So it's like you know, where is the profit? Where is the cash? Where are the people who are actually buying this? How are we going to be better for our clients? How fast are we going to get this? What are we actually getting? So you need to answer all those questions while you're actually building a service or or, or a product in order to be in a position to even pitch to them or even to test the market. So that's, that's kind of what we are, uh, what we are focusing on when we, whenever we are thinking about something and we think a lot about a lot of stuff. Yeah. So that's, that would be the biggest challenge, I think. Uh, I want to go back to, to your company and uh, how you guys uh, approach innovation. Are there any uh, frameworks that are uh, like industry related or you do some other stuff uh, I want to share you to share me some glimpse of, of oh, your process okay yeah so f actually personally I like frameworks because the framework is you know stringent enough to give you the the, the, the guardrails and everything need but you need to fill it in with with the actual ideas and content and everything that is needed there so um, our company actually started as innovative approach right so the outsourcing you think a lot of people transcribing some data our owners that came from US had an idea to actually build the entire insurance academy, right? For people here in Serbia who are actually going through that. And then once they go through that, they are insurance professionals, not just people who are, you know, supporting business. So that was an innovative idea and it gained traction very fast. We, grew, we are growing still very fast. 
how, how big is the company right now? Uh, here in Serbia, more than 600 employees at this moment, yeah, in two places. So um, how, how it actually worked, it, it's like we are, keep, we are continuously exploring what is the next thing, right? When you're growing and when you're, you have then established business model, you have a tendency not to look back, right? You are just looking at your, you know, the core accounting metrics are there, everything is moving, everything is growing, we are growing steadily, but our, what we are doing here and what we continue doing through our digital part of the business, the OIP Robotics, is constantly actually taking snapshots of where we are. So our innovative process is very people-driven, so we are looking at, you know, big ideas, but we are narrowing it down to actually what would make sense for our clients. So it's actually, when you, when you look at it, you come from two ends. You come from what clients need, and then you come from good people, good culture, who are actually providing you with ideas, and then we are filtering them through. A, it's, a, it's a pretty step-by-step uh, -step process, and we have a lot of filters in it. Uh, one of them is each idea, when it comes, before it comes to, comes to fruition, it needs to have its own business case. Of okay. course, in a lean manner, but it needs to show how it's going to stay relevant. Why is it important? Is there a, that hair on fire need for it? Why would the client benefit from it? Is it going to stay relevant in five years? You know, the big companies, they like to find two or three people who are they working with two or three products. So why are you the, the product that they will be relying on in the next 10 years? So our process is, you know, relying on people, relying on insurance experts and the great guys from the technology side who are actually thinking about how to solve business problems. You, you mentioned that, that you love frameworks. Can you give me some of the examples that you use? Oh, yeah. Uh, so if I, I, I can go by the book and say, you know, we are lean, we are going with design sprints, design thinking, those kind of things. But um, agile fluency is something that we found out that, that, that was really interesting for us recently. So each team actually has its own business model. We have several value streams and each team is actually at the stage where they're innovating and creating value based on what the pro product or client needs. So we don't have to put a lot of, you know, uh, a, a lot of processes, a, a lot of uh, uh, workshops, and if, if, it's not, if it's not fitting the purpose, right? If we need two steps to get to where the client wants us, we're not going to take 10. We always try to put the lighter moments somewhere in there. So whatever we are building, we are, you know, what is a must, it needs to perform well, but we're always trying to find a way where a client actually is satisfied. But if that's like three steps from here, we don't go 20 steps. We just take those three steps, it's good enough, it's first for our client, everybody's happy. And you are always looking at, you know, what are you focusing on? What, are you, what do you wanna deliver? What do you wanna strengthen? Which part of, the, of your business? What are you optimizing at this moment? And that way you keep, you know, balancing out, you know, the, the research, the development, the innovations, everything kind of comes into place. So that was interesting for us. Uh, I always like to, to, to ask about the vision, uh, about where is industry going. Uh, I, I myself, uh, I'm not in the insurance industry. The insurance tech is something that's completely new to me. And when we first time talked, I was like, okay, how am I going to structure this, this episode? Uh, but uh, basically, when we talk about innovations, every, everything comes together, right? And uh, um, since you are there on the on the front line of, of this industry, how you see the the next things are, uh, that are coming? What is going to to be in the next few years? No data, data. So 
right? The insurance is very simple. I take a part of your risk, but I want to know everything about you, right? And what you do because I'm going to uh, put a price tag on how much risk I will take. And that's really important that we have a you know, fair bargain, right? Uh, so data is at the cent- it's, it's a centerpiece of everything. And they're saying data is all oil today, but oil is getting old, right? Yeah. They're forbidden <laughs> in the European Union and then the, you know, the electrical vehicles and everything. So, but the data needs to be, uh, be uh, kind of worked on. It needs to become a fact, an insight. Uh, and they want as much data as possible and then tools to help them actually use that data. So it's, uh, now it's the connectivity, right? So uh, connected cars, connected health people, connected homes, everything needs to be real-time now in three seconds. Uh, it, it needs to be, let's say, if you have a car crash, they want to know in three minutes. So those kind of things are where the industry will be going. It's getting more and more difficult with the, 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 the epidemics and like this kind of a black swan events to predict anything. They need a lot of data to predict. So the insurance will be relying on the customer data mostly, right? If you want to do a frontline, if you want to have, help the client get to, to you faster, then you want to have the data on the, on, on the customers. What do they want? How do they want? If you want to predict how risky they will be, you need the data on their business, you need the data on their home. So insurance will be moving to, towards anything in order to you know, kind of mitigate the risk for the client, even purchasing devices for them. Like you get an insurance policy and they will give you a device which will be hooked on onto you know, your plumbing and telling you know, at every moment what's the pressure. And you know that you're going to have a flood, but the insurance company also knows that they will have a flood. So it's kind of a good value transition between all actors in the party. And it's all going to be around data. Uh, I want to go back to the beginning and, uh, uh, and your career, because uh, I, saw that I saw that you uh, uh, write some papers on uh, mass behavior. And I'm a big reader, oh. and yeah, and um, I want to ask you, uh, in that particular area, this doesn't have anything to do mm-hmm. with the insurance tech and everything, but can you uh, recommend me and our viewers some book? Oh, nudge. It actually mentions insurance. So uh, uh, the book is actually by Richard Taylor, and it's, uh, uh, it's a behavioral economics book. So what it does is actually connecting the how are users perceiving uh, a value, uh, what makes them move, how to actually nudge them towards moving, so not actually direct them, but actually nudge them towards making the right decision and in an ethical way. Which is, I, I, I always miss that note of an ethical. They are trying to put, you know, I'm nudging you ethically, but... You need to check our first episode. We, we talked about the ethics of innovation. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. interesting to Yeah, this is, this, this was the, this is more of a, a darker craft, right? Nudging people towards doing something that's so, that, that part of the, you know, engineering. But uh, that book is definitely something that, that's worth reading. Uh, okay, it was a great pleasure to have you here today. I enjoyed so much this conversation. Uh, it was very packed and very full of information and I, I'm sure that our viewers are going to like it. And uh, uh, if you loved today's episode, uh, subscribe and see you next Thursday. And uh, thank you again. Thank you.